Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Morgan Zeggers. I have a special episode for you because I've been down in South Carolina with Graham Allen and we went on Graham's show and now we're actually going to not double post, but we're going to post some of the interview with Graham, the discussion uh, as an episode for my show. And so thank you to Graham for letting me do that. Thanks for the wonderful hosting. I appreciate it. And, uh, Before we get into the interview, I just have to remind you guys, if you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work that Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and they are winning when they do this. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code MORGAN. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. So join the movement, make the switch today, and a difference tomorrow. That's patriotmobile.com slash Morgan or call 972-PATRIOT. What up, what up, what up, America? And welcome to the newest episode. We have a special guest in, actually in studio today, ladies and gentlemen, Morgan Zeggers is here at the microphone. Hello, Morgan. Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is like back old school Dear America days where there are now three people. Zach, say something. I said, hey. Okay, there it is. (laughs) All right. We hope that you guys are having a fantastic day today. Hopefully you haven't strangled anyone yet. Uh, Today, we're going to have a little bit of fun. As we said, Morgan is in the studio today. I have found some articles and some topics of things that I just want to have a conversation about, and I think it'll be a lot of fun with everyone here. Real quick, I got to say thank you to everybody who participated in helping with the Dear America Foundation's Freedom on the Range event. Um, Because of you guys, we were able to raise $40,000 for our first responders and our veterans. Uh, It was an amazing event, and uh, it was really cool. It's those moments that remind you uh, that it's all uh, about a little bit more than just talking on a microphone. So thank you guys for that. Um, For everyone who helped, thank you guys so much. I know you guys listen to, to the show. For everyone who listens to the show and didn't help and you're my friends, how dare you don't speak to me ever again. No, I'm kidding. Uh, But seriously, where were you? Either way, the point is we have a lot of things to discuss. Morgan, what do you think of South Carolina so far? Uh, Really liking it. It's got a good garden zone when you look at the whole U.S. map. So that's one of the reasons I liked it. But now that I'm able to look at everything, the properties are beautiful. Anderson is adorable. Thank you. Thank you very much. You did good, Graham. I I know. Zach craps on it all the time. Okay. It's nice, but Greenville's better. It's because you like G's. It's your Georgia weird thing. You like G words. What a weirdo. I like cities. And you work on on the Graham Allen. You're you're obsessed with G's. That's Whoa. like that's like a thing. I just there. It's on his hat. Like, I just diagnosed you right now. I'm as marry a, like a girl named Georgina. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Or oh, I promise, if you meet a girl named Georgia, I will not come to the wedding. I won't. Dude, I if won't I do meet it. a girl named Georgia who is a Georgia fan. I'm proposing on the spot. Oh my gosh! You I don't know, need to know that much. You know, Travis and Melissa named their dog Georgia. 
Oh, uh, perfect fit, of, Zach. Because of this. All right. Okay, this just got weird. Okay. All right. Oh, let's move on. All right. Uh, we have a lot of things to talk about today. And now that we got Morgan in the studio, this should be a lot of fun. All right. So let's talk movies for a bit because it's Zach's favorite subject. And I really just love to talk about the fact that Zach never has any clue. And I feel like Morgan might not either, which is going to be fun. But But I really want to talk about this. So the box office numbers come out every Monday of new releases of movies. And for those of you who don't know, this weekend's two biggest movies were, uh, that were, uh, well, supposed to be the two biggest movies, were Smile, the horror movie, which I haven't seen yet. No spoilers, people. Don't tell me a thing. I gotta go. I definitely can't spoil it for you. And the movie Bros. And the movie Bros. It bombed. It 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 did, and you just ruined the thing of the thing, but it's all right. Anyway, the, I actually knew something. The though. movie Bros is, I mean, it's it's like the gayest movie ever. It's about gay people, like that is the movie, like in itself, and it, it had multi million dollar marketing budgets. I mean, I saw previews for this thing everywhere. My kids are watching like fishing shows on YouTube and bros is popping up with these two guys making out with each other and all this kind of stuff. And the box office numbers come out today and the horror film smile is number one and bros could be one of the biggest bombs in history. It like barely made the top five for the weekend. It only made top five for the weekend, but it only grossed in the weekend in the United States and Canada, $4.8 million mm, in its bad. opening weekend. Uh, the budget for those for of you who don't know, I did a little bit of math. Okay, so the average ticket for an adult is $12. So I just did a little bit of math. So only 320,000 people in two countries went to go see this, well, and here's the this thing, gay movie. The movie company only keeps 40% of the ticket sales. Well, yeah, exactly. And so, like, and the budget was twenty-two million. <gasps> oh, whoa! Yeah, it's not good. It's no. not good at all. Or anyway, maybe it is good. Anyway, I could accidentally, and this is not a flex. This is just the truth. I could accidentally record me eating in the inside <laughs> of my pocket with the phone, and it could get three hundred and twenty thousand people to look at it. Um, I've never. I, I I think Morgan. I'm interested. Is this is this a rebuke? Of what's going on, are people finally standing up for for some kind of decency of some kind? Why do you think why do you think this movie bombed the way that it did? I mean, this in a normal world would be pretty standard, I would say, for performance on a movie like this. But if you think about it, like they reject reality and so they are so absorbed in their own little world of wokeness that they they truly think that a movie like this would be really successful. I mean, who else would put millions of dollars into creating something? They wouldn't do it to say, geez, I want to lose a lot of money. And so in their heads, they thought this was going to be a good idea. Part of it, I wonder, is it because on, on social media and with big tech, everything is so censored and driven to promote a certain agenda that they really think that they're the leading narrative in the country? And so they get confused when they put products out and they aren't actually supporting by the regular American consumer. Do you think that might play into it? Maybe. I think the big lesson here, though, is that they're not going to learn from this. This is going to be someone else's fault. This is going to be the fact that America doesn't support them. They do it whenever, like, the female superhero movies that they put out are super woke. Instead of just having, like, a Wonder Woman movie go out and be super good, 
They have to make it a specific narrative about how it's a feminist superhero woman movie and make it really weird and uncomfortable. Then when it doesn't perform well, because it's just in general, a bad movie, what do you know? They say it's because Americans hate women. So they're going to blame someone else for this and not learn and then do it again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. They're definitely going to do it again because they've probably already got the movie chicks uh, in development right now. I feel like that already exists, to be honest. Does it? Is, <laughs> it, is there a movie named Chicks already? Well, either way, you got bros and chicks. I don't know. I, I, th- to me, it would be. Okay, all right, let's move on to a uh, a very interesting post, and I want to know the percentage of people in this. So the New York Post, uh, this has nothing serious to do with anything. It just makes me concerned for people as a whole, so I want to discuss it, okay? Uh, the New York Post is reporting that the average person wishes that their pet could talk to them. Oh, I would. I would love that. What? I wish your pets could talk to me. They're adorable. Hold on. You don't want to hear what Doe has to say? Imagine if Doe could talk. No, I don't because Doe would never (laughs) shut up, I feel like. All right. Anyway, (laughs) a poll of 2,000 adults reveal, what do you think the number is, percentage that said they want it to talk? I'm going to go with 80. 80 for Zach. Yeah. Yeah. 80? You can't do the same. 76. Dang, you're both within two points. It's 78. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wait, wait. I thought that you just said the number. No, no, no. 2,000 people were polled, and 78% oh. want their pets to be able to talk to them. So you both got it within two points. That's a tie. That's we're going to have to go to a tiebreaker in yeah, the game That's for pretty this. normal. You have to find another statistic You think for us. that's normal? I think that's scary. Why do you want... Why do you want I don't it? want all the time, but I sometimes just want to know what they're thinking. You know, like I want a semi. But it could be really annoying. Though. I know what they're thinking. My dog mated with a stuffed reindeer last night. Okay. I don't need to know <laughs> what Duck was thinking about. All right. I I, I, I got it. You know, <laughs> I, I, my children it, inadvertently have learned about. The birds and the bees from Duck and this reindeer. No, your your daughter was like, <laughs> he was like, Duck likes to mate with this. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you. And it's a, look, <laughs> hey man, look, it's aggressive too. I, I do don't do know. I don't, in your know house? I don't know what, what has happened to Duck, but he is not gentle in <laughs> his, uh, love for this reindeer. It's not good. And so either way, I don't really know if I, 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 I don't understand it. I saw, um, it's like those people that create profiles for their animals and then they like, like people will comment on the post, like they're talking to the animal. And then the person who's created the profile for the animal will then respond back. Like the two animals are talking to each other, but it's actually two humans that are just talking. I, I think it's, I think it's a gateway. It's a gateway into some broader mental illness things here. And I visit, I'm going to get so much hate mail. Email me, Graham at dearamericamedia.com and let me know. Well, don't you think the general hip hop, like the TikTok trends, the real trends that go around, I'm like, do they really think that they're tricking us into thinking like, like the vlogs, for example, they set up the camera of them entering the door. They set up the camera of all of this. And then they make this video as if it's this natural thing. But I I just always think of the behind the scenes, the production that went into it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this kind of ruins the pizzazz, the, yeah. the enjoyment. But it's weird. I, I, t- I just think that I think that I, I don't know. I find it sad. <laughs> I find it sad that uh, 78% of people wish. I wonder what the what the uh, I wonder if it goes male, female. Let me see real quick while, while we do this, because I feel mm. like more 
females I can see that. would want this to be that way. I wonder if they break it down. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Nope, of course they don't. Because what is gender these days? You know, why do Ooh, we, why do we need that, to know? Yeah, that would not be t- very 2022. Oh, because that's such a woman thing, Graham, to, <laughs> to, to want that stuff. Nope, it does not break it down. Female or male. Sorry, America. I'm leaving you hanging with that one. All right. Um, okay, so dogs that way. All right, let's move on here. Okay. All right, guys, got to cut in quick and let you know you have all helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of this special exclusively for my listeners with code Morgan, 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 Morgan on the Percale and Giza Dream bedsheet sets marked down as low as $29.98, Mike is now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. So this set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99, but with Code Morgan for a limited time, you can get the three-piece towel set for $19.98, again with Code Morgan. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. I love mine. They're down in Texas. I miss them. I'm excited to go home soon for them. They're or not form. I'm not traveling for towels, guys. <laughs> there is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-738-8374. Use promo code MORGAN or go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code MORGAN. MORGAN, MORGAN, MORGAN. This is an interesting thing. So now we're getting into more serious stuff. And, of course, it comes out of California because that's where everything comes out of these days. Uh, Fox News is reporting that Gavin Newsom has signed a new law into effect that will allow ex-offenders to seal their criminal records, which is interesting to me. SB 731, which was approved by the governor last week, will automatically seal convictions and arrest records for most ex-offenders not convicted of another felony for four years after the completion of their sentence and any parole or probation. Thoughts on this, Morgan? Sealing of records for ex-convict or or convicts, people that have gotten out of jail. What uh, do you think? My top concern here goes right to the kids because we're dealing with a lot of the criminality and the decriminalization of human interaction between adults and kids when it comes to sexual stuff especially. Right. And so my mind immediately goes right to are they saying that if you're trying to get a job perhaps – Uh, near children or in a school or working around kids or even living near kids. Like a lot of the times pedophiles have to say what their record is. And so if you have to only go four years before that's removed, I would hope that that's perhaps an exception. Yeah. So, so it it, it does say that sex offenses will be excluded, but it doesn't say other offenses. See, I just don't like it in general. It's too vague. It's Mm -hmm. too vague. Now, thankfully, good Lord that they put that in there, but I mean, there's a lot of things that people do wrong that if I was hiring somebody, I would want to know those things. Oh, oh, you were an ex-drug dealer. Oh, okay. Well, that's something I would like to know. Or, oh, you stole from your previous employer. You know, I mean, that those are things that I would want to know. And, then, you know, people would respond in California. Oh, well, that's exactly why it needs to be sealed, Graham, because you would have a bias against them. You broke the law. I, I I I have always people get mad at me. I have very little sympathy for this type of stuff. Uh, if you're 18 years old and you do something stupid, I have a lot more sympathy. Uh, if you're 25 year old man and you you know rob somebody or you assault someone or you do something that you know is to illegal and all this stuff, 
that is part of of it all. Yeah, you may do your your time to society, and some people view that as enough, right? I don't. You're a convict for the rest of your life, and that's part of it. Um, it we live in a world where I know a lot of multi-millionaire ex-convicts that have started their own jobs, created their own things. This world is different now, uh, but I, I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like being able to seal people's mistakes in that regard. Because you know what else? You can do that, but if you're a veteran and you're discharged uh, honorably or dishonorably, you do not have a choice. It asks you, are you a United States veteran? If you put yes, you are required to put were you honorably or dishonorably discharged. So if veterans can't hide it, then why should why should convicts? Yeah, well it adds also to the like the no cash bail for example. There's no consequences to your actions. You can do something bad and be released that same day or the next day. And people are worried about how that could incentivize bad behavior because you just don't have to face any consequences. The same thing will happen if you don't have any long-term consequences. So you're making it easier and easier for people to make a decision of, of doing something harmful to society. Very sad. Yeah, I think, I think it just goes to more and more and more of – we saw probably about a month ago all of the uh, things that can no longer be – uh, detained for in Chicago and all this other kind of stuff. As to your point, we're just, we're glorifying bad behavior. You know, what, what is wrong these days? What level of morality are we actually at these days where, where more and more and more things are just, oh, it's, you know, it's just a little bit of weed, you know, it ain't that bad, you know, and all that stuff, which to be blunt, a lot of people have asked my opinion on weed. Uh, I legitimately don't think I could care less about anything in this world than the debate on weed. It's illegal here in South Carolina, so we don't do it. Smoking's legal. I don't smoke either, you know, but I, I anyway, uh, but, you know, meth, eh, why not? It's just a little bit of meth, Graham. It's just, oh, it, you know, oh, well, she swung at him first. You, you know what I mean? Like, at what, what point do we stop? And I, I just think that we're getting dangerously close to where there'll be no one in jail for anything ever. Um, Except for political opposition. Correct. Yep. yep. Correct. Correct. Unless unless uh, you end up on the FBI's radar. Um, speaking of. Which pol- we might be. Speaking of, there's zero chance I'm not. <laughs> zero. Zero chance. I, I mean, I, they. Who knows? Okay. So this was interesting. Uh, now if Joe Biden, if this was a video of Joe Biden, I would be more like, oh yeah, you know, I could see that. This is a tweet and I want to, I just, I just want to read the tweet and then I, you know, discuss it. First thoughts. This is a tweet. Okay. And all right, here it goes. Now, remember, I do not believe Joe Biden tweets anything. That's what's more baffling about this. All right. Here's the tweet. My dad used to say, Joey. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. Weird, first of all. And here's the deal. Democrats want to codify Roe. Republicans want a national ban on abortion. abortion. The choice is clear. We just made a lot of jumps there. (laughs) A lot. A lot of jumps. And so the first part, my dad used to say, Joey, don't compare me to the almighty. What dad says that? That's what I want to know. And then he says, compare me to the alternative. Is that the devil? Satan. (laughs) Whose dad says that? 
And how is that even remotely comparative to the next part, which, and here's the deal, Democrats want to codify Roe. Republicans want a national ban on abortion. On abortion. The choice is clear. No, it's not, because we don't understand this tweet. And if Joe, Biden, no if Joe Biden didn't write this, who did? That's what I want to know. What 25-year-old staffer sat down and it's like, this This is a good one. Yeah, well, that's what I love explaining to people that aren't in politics. So like, did you know that a bunch of young 20-somethings in the, like, 21, 22-year-olds, yep. they just draft a bunch of random tweets and then get them approved by the higher-ups and the politician never even sees it? Did yep. you know that that's Twitter? Yep. And th- they think that they are all politicians that actually sit there and tweet these hot takes. So yep. that's always a fun time to have that conversation. Um, the The government... Congress is run by, as Morgan said, 21 to 28 year olds, um, because, be, because you got to think about it. So, so, so really think about this. You've got, let's just say it's a good congressman or congresswoman that gets elected, right? I know we're talking about the president, but just as a, as a example, okay, they're a business person, small business owner, right? The, the kind of person that you would want to be in Congress, not a lawyer or a doctor. I could give a crap. No, you're not. No, I want a small business owner. That's what I want in Congress. Okay. They get elected to Congress. Think about it. You get to Congress. There's no Congress school. Nobody knows how to do this. So you get these staffers that have been there for eight, 10 years that are literally 25. Well, not eight years if you're 25, but you know what I'm saying? 26 year old young person telling this 50 year old, Oh, this is actually how you go vote. This is actually how you uh, get a bill to the floor. This is how you do these things. These people don't know how to do this stuff. No. They, so I did a Hill internship and I remember just being so disgusted by it all. There's so many aspects to it. So like when you're first elected, you all go to like a little one week or so session to get trained up on the process, like where everything is in the Capitol, how to yeah. use the train that's underneath the ground and stuff. But I remember being shocked by the attitudes of the staffers because they think they run it. Right. They they know how it works. Now, people will say they're against term limits because they think if we add term limits, then we're have to we're going to be controlled by staffers. They're going to know how it works. And then they're going to be able to control all the newbies that come in every time there's a an election. And I say that's already happening. Um, but when you get there, think of who's working on Capitol Hill. They p- are paid like 40 grand. They live in one of the most expensive areas of the country. So they are either commuting for an hour through the metro from the outskirts or they're living in the city paying a ton of money. They're very underpaid, but they believe that they are – uh, top notch in the sense of the power that they have. And I really don't like the mindset of the people that are interested in doing that kind of work because that's everything to them. Yeah, It's the people that go to college and they say, I'm going to be a senator one day. So I'm going to work on the Hill and work my way up and then go back to the home district and yep. then run for office make all the and back be a door big deals, politician. Make all the backdoor connections. That's the connections. plan. They, yep. they literally, when they're 18 years old, they say, I'm going to go to college and become a senator one day. First, I have to work on the Hill. And hearing that, I'm like, well, that's the opposite of what I want for our nation <laughs> anybody that wants to be a public servant like that should not be a public servant um it, it's it, it's what same thing for preachers like in my opinion uh kids i'm gonna be a preacher one day 
you know, are you sure that that's what, did God tell you you should be a preacher? You're going to get thrown down a or, little bit. Or, 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 or <laughs> did you, like, did you just, like, think that that, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. There's certain jobs that are callings, right? Like, you know, and, and a lot of times callings are things that you don't want to do. It's things that you're thrusted into, or a calling is literally you are called to do something. Uh, nine times out of ten, it's uncomfortable, and you don't really want to go that direction in the first place. Those are the people I want. Those are the people that I want to be there. The people that answer the call, not the people that figure out how to get somebody to call them to go do the job in the first place. I completely agree. Either way, Joe Biden, we have no idea what you're talking about. And then also, I guess they're going to take this abortion thing straight to the midterms. Uh, I even read a report that every person that's going to put their name in the hat for the Democrats in 2024 to include Hillary Clinton is going to um, uh, ch- directly challenge Biden on the things that he's been doing, right? I.e., uh, how he allowed this to happen with abortion and even, get this, the border crisis. Yes, I read that the Dems are seeing that America is literally going, and honestly, you can thank Ron DeSantis for this, Uh Literally like, oh, you want all these immigrants so much? Here they are right here in the thing. And now all of a sudden, uh, reports are starting to come out that the Democrats that will run for the 2024 election are actually going to be pro-securing the border, which is going to be very interesting. I I hate to say it because, you know, we get so frustrated with them and they've denied it for so long. But, hey, even if it's taken this long for that to happen, that is kind of how the structure of government that we have is intended to work. It's a slow-moving process. And so if the electorate, if the people of the country are this dissatisfied that it's leading to an entire party changing how they're going to perform, not hopefully it's not just talking points in a debate. Hopefully it is action. Hey, isn't that what we want? Kind of it, looking yeah. at it nicely. I mean, I don't believe it. No. I mean, yeah, it's. I mean, <laughs> I believe. To look at this nicely. I believe it would be a. It, it, yeah, it's a talking point to as they use stimulus checks to buy votes. Last time, it, it's a. It, it's an attempt to to get votes. Okay, all right, Zach and Morgan. This is the topic that probably is going to take us a minute, and it's going to be our last topic on this one today. I read this, and I. I want to start off by saying that I 100% take mental health absolutely serious in every regard. Um, I'm curious. Morgan's over there stretching, like getting ready for like this. I'm sore from the range here. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I am too. I've got right? like My legit. I've got like legit bruises right here from the shotgun. Either way, totally off topic. Back to what we were talking about. <laughs> um, I, I 100% believe mental health is a huge issue in our country that we're not paying enough attention to. However, I also wondering if we are now uh, making it worse by using it and almost forcing it upon people. So here is what I'm getting at. Um, the Washington Post is reporting that many states are starting to allow children to take mental Health days with child mental health problems on the rise in the past few years, a growing number of states have adopted laws, laws that let students take an excused absence if they feel anxious, depressed or need a day to recharge. So 
Uh, to the audience listening, I would love your thoughts, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. But let's open this up since we have three people today for discussion. Uh, pros, cons, what, 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 what do you think? Morgan, you're the lady here. Um, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean, it's especially a problem among women, young girls. And it's a culture on social media. That's one thing is that it's a culture now to have an identity in a mental illness. And I can't tell you how many young girls I meet that were my friends when I was growing up or that I just see online or that I meet at events. And they just openly talk about how they're on meds as teenagers because they have something like anxiety. And it's beyond a normal number of people. I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to say, oh, this is ridiculous. But it's something a little bit creepy of the fact of how many young people in America have to get by day to day when all they're doing is going to school and doing hobbies and supposed to, you know, transition into adulthood. That should be a a mostly enjoyable experience. And I wonder what is leading to them having such massive anxiety that they have to take medication. I don't think they have anxiety. I think that they have uh, anxious feelings and that they feel certain emotions. And we aren't training people to say it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to have negative emotions, but you shouldn't take medicine to control them. You should be working to figure that out on your own without jumping right to that. Our society, though, jumps right to a prescription. And I think that's very damaging, especially for young minds. Zach, thoughts? Hmm. You were a homeschool kid. Your, your thoughts are your kid. thoughts are kind of kind of swayed here. But 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 what are your thoughts? I mean, like I don't think they should necessarily have a day for it because I don't know. I got to think through it a little bit more. Well, well, do had, you ever we, wonder what is going on at a school, a public school, that makes it so miserable that a kid needs yeah. to have a day off for mental reasons? I get it if it's maybe a personal family thing, like maybe a death yes. of the family, something like that something at work. Something major. But we, it's, we, it's training them to think that, hey, if your day at school is so stressful, then you, it's okay to take a day off. Well, like, we, like it's not teaching kids to persevere at all. Like correct. Hey, when things get tough. Sometimes you just have to suck it up and go. We had recharge days. They were called the weekend um, was our recharge days. Here's my thing. Um, And I say this knowing that obviously it gets to a point where some people need help. I I, I get this. Is, Is anxiety a bad thing? Like isn't anxiety a natural part of life that you have to learn to get over and achieve uh you got to go give your presentation in front of the class i've talked about this before when i was a kid the thought of speaking in front of people i would be in the bathroom throwing up before because i would be so anxious to speak in front of 20 classmates um like that's is anxiety a bad thing? Is depression sometimes a bad thing? Depressed is something that happens. Your girlfriend dumps you. You're going to be depressed. But you, you have know? to learn to move like on the, from it. Like these are things, and, and, and that's what I'm getting at. I'm not negating that there aren't people who have legit hormonal and chemical things that have you know, overtaken to a point where they do need help. And, and, and I've got no problem with mental health uh, uh, uh seeking help for mental health and things like that. Absolutely not. But as Morgan is saying, we're treating things like it kind of goes back to the, uh, the ADHD debate 20, 30 years ago. Oh, my kid's got ADHD because he's running all over the house. No, 
that's a six-year-old boy, and he's been in the house all day. Well, and he's hyped up on sugar and processed yeah. foods and artificial colors and flavors. Yeah, red, red dye uh, foods and things like that. Yeah, he's jumping all over the walls because he's six. Look at know? his diet. Yes. Like, huh. my kids to this day, uh, the you know, if they haven't been out playing and stuff all day, they don't want to go to bed at, like, 9 o'clock. They're not tired, you know? I mean, it kind of goes to that. So many people just threw their kids on Ritalin and uh, Adderall and things like that. And now we've got kids that are nervous to go to school. Somebody, uh, this happened with my kids the other day. Uh, Gage, um, my oldest, uh, didn't do a project he was supposed to do over the weekend. Um, it was just a little short little paper or whatever. And it was Sunday night. And he was like, he was like, I, I, I what, what are we going to do? What are we going to? I need help. I need help to do this. And and uh, Alyssa was getting ready to jump in and help him. I said, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't you, no, uh, don't you help him? He either needs to do it right now. He's like, well, I can't do it because I got to print something out. The printers are at the offices and stuff. I was like, well, I guess you're going to school without it. And he's like, but Dad, I'm good. I got to go in front of the class and turn in nothing like like I'm just going to be like laughed at. And I was like, yep, you sure are. Uh, because guess what will happen next? You won't do that no more. It'll grow, <laughs> it'll grow him as a human. Well, right. And, and natural anxious moments and honestly, natural kind of embarrassing moments. Those are things that are vital to development as an adult. I, I think this whole thing with the school is like where it's letting people it's giving them the easy way out. Yeah, because like if you have it, like you're saying, if there's a serious issue, hey, let them have a day off. But most of the people, it's not. I'm, and maybe I'm being really harsh. I don't feel like most of the people, it's a big issue. It's something that they just need to learn to live life and be able to cope with these things. And honestly, putting yourself in a harder situation while I'm anxious to go speak at school, go do it, get over it, and you'll be a better person because of it. Well, it's kind of like the debate of the gentle parenting because gentle parenting in terms of being authoritative and trying to help your kid navigate a problem instead of just giving them like a participation trophy or getting them out of the situation. I think that's valuable. But people take gentle parenting too far. And when we try and protect our kids from experiencing hard things, when they're minor things, like in the big scheme of life, Gage is going to be fine when he gets embarrassed at school for this paper, but he's going to learn a valuable lesson. And so now parents these days, they don't want to even see their kids suffer through a tiny thing like that. And it's going to hurt him in the long run. It's going to hurt him. to be a bigger situation when he's like our age. And then yep. like, it's gonna hurt. oh yeah, you don't turn in a work project. Yeah. On top. Yeah. Now you got money on the line. You got your family, you know. Dude, embarrassment was a normal part of school. When I was there, you showed up looking not right. Kids made fun of you. Like, like that's just the way it was. <laughs> you, you didn't take a bath and you smelled. Everybody let you know, hey, stinky, you need to go back and try it again. And I'm not pro bullying. But I'm also not not kind of you know because bullying is a you are you are gonna face bullies in your life now physical and all that other kind of stuff absolutely if you got a truly undersized kid that's just getting just just wailed by somebody else absolutely somebody needs to step in and intervene and all these things but kids also I mean that's real life if there's a bully if there's an obstacle in your way. Your mama and your daddy ain't going to be there for you your entire life. You got to stand up for yourself. Now, when they're little, that's something where, uh, you know, you find out about it as a parent. 
you go find those parents of the other kid. I had to have this this thing uh, with, with Gage. Uh, there was an incident in a summer one time in our neighborhood. There was this 14-year-old kid, and at the time, Gage was uh, t- uh, nine. Uh, big age difference there, right? Um, and, you know, the 14-year-old, I, I don't know, Gage threw like an egg or something. They were in some kind of like weird thing. And then the 14-year-old got mad and got out and like pushed Gage on the ground and all this other kind of thing. And, you know, at that point, it was like, okay, this dude's a freshman in high school. My son's nine. You know, I go find the dad and I'm fully prepared. This may not go well, you know, because parents get weird when it's with their kids. But I went up to the door, knocked on the door. Yo, I need to talk to the head of this household somehow, some way, you know, are you aware of what happened? Um, but as they get older, we're not talking about elementary, elementary kid in this article. I promise you, I don't have to open it up. I know who they're talking about. They're talking about middle school and high school kids. That's who they're talking about in this thing right here. I just believe that you have to let life happen. Natural selection is a real thing. You know what I mean? Like all that stuff, like you have to learn how to navigate these roads. I heard an entrepreneur one time talk about how when you get successful and you start making money and things like that, people come to you immediately when they have a problem. Oh my gosh, dude, I, you know, I've got this, I've got, I, I need 10 grand. I need 10 grand. I, I messed up real bad. You know, I, I, I need 10 grand or, or I'm going to have to file bankruptcy and all this other kind of stuff. And, and, and he was talking about, he had to learn to tell people no, even when he knew it was going to hurt them if he told them no. And his reasoning was this. He said, listen, this is why I believe that you should let that person go into bankruptcy because if they don't experience that and they don't learn from it, that that could have been the greatest turning point in that person's life. And then they could go on to become a multimillionaire themselves. But if you save them from that and they don't learn anything, then a year later, it's going to be, I need $100,000 or I need this and that. The mistakes get bigger if you don't learn from them. Correct. We have to teach our children to deal with anxiety. Gunner, the other day, he's got baseball practice. He hurt his foot or something at Freedom on the Range. This boy comes up to me. He's like, Dad, I, I, don't, I don't think I can go to practice today. I was like, why? Are you sick? What, what's going on? He goes, no, my, my, my ankle hurts. And I'm not going to be able to run as fast. And I just stare at him and he kind of stares at me. And we have like this awkward, like 45 second kind of just staring at each other kind of thing. And I was like, um, I said, sounds like to me, you're just going to be running on a hurt ankle is what it sounds like to me. And he goes, but dad, I'm not going to be able to run as fast. I said, son, I said, you wanted to play baseball. Okay. Every single athlete that ever plays a game is hurt somewhere. Something hurt, something's bandaged, something's you this, something's that. Dude, you're playing legit baseball now, bro. Like this ain't this ain't, you know, T ball, this ain't, no, you're playing baseball. You're gonna get out there and you're gonna run and you're gonna be fine. You'll ice that ankle after. It's like everybody else does. And he looked at me like I was the just most dictator person in the world. And you know, I don't yell at him, but I talk to him very much just like this. I'd be like, I hear what you're saying, but it's not going to change anything. Like you're going to practice and you're and you're running. And guess what? He got to practice. Adrenaline kicks in. He ran fine. And was he crying when he came home afterwards? No, he was perfectly fine. And that's what I mean. Uh, we are raising a pill dependent, bubble living, 
just non-independent group of soon-to-be adults. Yeah. Well, and I was talking to uh, some of the friends at the range when we were at the the foundation fundraiser, and it's really dangerous because there's that actress uh, that literally half of her face isn't moving anymore because she got the vaccine. Yeah. And and she's saying, well, I would do it again because that's what we need to do to be able to see each other. And I see it as people say, you know, politics is downstream from culture. But more and more, I think it's politics is downstream from culture. And all of that is also downstream from education and how we raise young people in the country that are going to grow up and become the leading generation. I'm really, really concerned about what's going to happen when these kids get more power because they can't be told no. They can't imagine to have uh, things challenged in their life, whether it's their views or actual things that they have that they want to keep. And I'm really concerned because those people aren't just uh, immature or weak or anything. They're actually quite dangerous. Yeah. They end up being quite dangerous. Yeah. I I, I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I Obviously there's a point but I'm almost, as I said in the beginning, I'm almost wondering if we are advancing that point where it actually is a real problem that needs to be addressed because we are creating this culture of like, it's not normal to feel anxious. You shouldn't be feeling anxious. You're only, you're only 14 years old. Why? why exactly. What's going Are you kidding me? Uh you're a walking psychopath at 14. Your hormones are all over the place. Of course it's normal to be anxious. What about when you got to ask a girl out or a guy out or, or, or whatnot? That's a really anxious moment, right? Like, like, like for dudes, I mean, I remember asking girls out and I remember getting told no straight to my face. So not only was it huge anxiety, but then instant depression all within a five-minute window. But, yeah. but oh. man, you learn to perfect that pitch a little bit better, you know? Yeah, and well, it, Graham, remember, so remember when I was like, you come on my podcast, talk about periods? conservatives and people that care about independence, freedom, education of children, we also need to care about health. And so with COVID and stuff, we all started to realize how important it is to pay attention to the FDA and what they approve, what's in ingredients, the ingredients label, Uh, a big part of that. And I didn't want to just talk about periods, but there's studies that are coming out of girls are now going through puberty at six, seven, eight, nine years old. And that used to happen at 13, 14. So if you think about what happens during puberty, the amount of stress, all the hormones that are going around all the crazy stuff. We're also consuming endocrine disrupting chemicals in our food, in our makeup, in the the products that we're using. It's no wonder kids these days are kind of messed up. I mean, they're getting their periods literally before they're even 10 years old. And something's not right with that. It means the chemical imbalance in their body is literally thrown off now at a disturbingly young age. So I'm not surprised that we're seeing this rise in in these crazy emotions. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about, uh, you know, not nearly as articulate and in depth as that. But you've heard people talk for years like the girls don't look the same like they did 30 years ago. Just when like I the was, boys. When I was going or the boys. Yeah, like uh the boys seem to be getting more feminine. Whereas when I was in high school, I looked like the feminine one. That we had guys with full grown beards walking through high school and I couldn't grow nothing. And the girls looked like boys because they were blooming late or whatever. And now it's the exact opposite. Now you got dudes that look like girls walking around, and then you got girls that look like grown women at 14 years old. Well, that's why. So I've done a lot of research on this. I'm very passionate about it. And like I said, with the endocrine disrupting chemicals and stuff, that's one aspect of it. But there's also uh, something called synthetic estrogen that's in a lot of the products we use. It's in plastics. It's in ingredients. And if you think about it, 
they always say if you're a pregnant woman, avoid these things. And yeah. it's because when you're forming the baby in the, those initial cells that are forming to create a human, it's not really good to have a throw off of the level of estrogen that the baby's exposed to. When you're a boy being formed and you have extra estrogen, you're going to be more feminine. When yeah. you're a woman, you have extra estrogen in you and it's going to make you go through things like early puberty. And so it, this is all getting connected now. But if you if you think about it, of course, we weren't able to know because we're only just experiencing the impact right. of what this looked like over yeah, decades yeah, of time. Yeah. So this is something we should all be paying more attention to and caring about more, not just pregnant women, but people in general. That's why like people say Alex Jones is crazy because he said the frogs are turning gay. But the studies that they're doing are looking at if ponds exposed to uh, – this is separate, but there was a study of ponds exposed to the synthetic estrogen and then a pond that wasn't. And the animals, like the alligators and stuff that were in them, were physically different from each other. Right. And it's really cool to look at though. Yeah. No, I, I, I mean it's, it's, it's a lot. And so as parents out there, um, I would encourage all of you to – Teach your children how to deal with natural stressors that happen in life. Because you have to remember, when they get out of your care, which eventually that will ha – well, I say eventually that will happen the way it's supposed to happen. Uh, the one thing in this world that doesn't care about any of those things that your child is experiencing – is the world. The world does not care. Not really. They may put on their, oh, we care about our employees and all this. Thing. Yeah, until production goes down and all this other kind of stuff. And so we coddle these kids. We coddle these children until they get out in the workforce. And then they want to know why no one's coddling them anymore. And then they don't know how to cope with it. And then that's when you have just massive, massive issues. Morgan. Thank you for being on today's episode, and you're going to be you. on the next episode as well. This is going to be a really fun experiment. So that's all we have for this episode of the Dear America podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to go check out Morgan's podcast as well. It's amazing. It's awesome. If you love what she had to say here, you will love what she has to say there. Make sure to do us a favor. Give us a rating. Give us five stars. We even love the one stars out there as well. Uh, leave us a comment. That's all we have for this episode, and we'll see you all again next time. <laughs>